Hey everyone, I'm Bo Blaze. And I'm Chris Park, and welcome to Comedians Talk to NFT Stars. Today's episode is sponsored by Riverside, where you can easily record podcasts and videos in beautiful 4K right from your browser or mobile app. At Blazo, we made the switch to Riverside, and for podcasts, it blows Zoom away. They record locally and upload continuously, so slow connections won't affect you at all. You can even get started for free. Check them out and support us by going to blazo.art slash riverside. That's blazo.art slash riverside. It blows Zoom away. Did you know you can get the full video version of this and all our podcasts absolutely free as an NFT? Go to blazo.art slash links. Blazo.art slash links. But you'll have to hurry because this is an open edition NFT that's only available for one week. After that, you can still get one on the secondary market. Today we talk to freedom and censorship advocate and multidisciplinary artist Polly Annie. Comedians talk to NFT stars. We have a real Renaissance woman with us, kids. She's a multidisciplinary artist that works in both physical and digital art, performance art, erotic art, and tons more. Her art challenges social and gender norms by exploring the themes of freedom and censorship. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Polly Yeah. Welcome to Comedians Talk to NFT Stars. Hi. It's good to be here. <laughs> it's a little much, you know. Yeah, we're a little, yeah, I get I, it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> okay, well, then you're you're going to fit. Well, we know, you know, we're friends. So, you know I'm a little out of my mind anyway. So good, good, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah good that's why I like you. <laughs> I'm Bo Blaze, and this back here, that's Chris Park, my Yay! co-host. Yeah. Let's hear it for Chris Park. Yeah, look at him. All right. What hat you got on today, Chris? The Mets. Yeah, I hate you. Get out of here. Where do we begin with someone as insanely, and I do mean insane in the nicest way, insanely diverse and talented as Polly Annie? Come on, Bo. How diverse can she be? I mean, we know a lot of diverse people. Well, I mean, I'll tell you a few things she's into. She's into painting and content creation, uh-huh. sticker making, music, right, right. prop manipulation, you know, like hooping and poi and contact juggling staff and whatever else she can spin. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's also a bit of a homebody, though, kind of an oh. introvert. So she does gardening, oh. edible wild plants and flowers, homesteading, natural body care, throwing knives. Throwing knives? Yeah, she's very spiritual, too. Personal <laughs> development, languages, science, physics, quantum physics, spirituality, Tara, yoga, philosophy, astrology, sacred geometry, mythology, and death. Chris, 
What, what are you doing? I'm fucking freaking out, dude. Okay, well, there's still a lot more. Travel, public speaking, education, history, course development, NFT, DeFi, crypto, flamenco dancing, tap dancing, choreography, aviation, color theory, fire dancing, modeling, graphic design, and of course, folks, sexual exploration. Is that all? Is it is it safe to come out? It's actually not all, but we do have a show today. <laughs> oh, okay. That's quite a list, Polly. <laughs> That's my life. I mean, why not, like, do things like crab dancing or wild boar wrangling or sword singing? Oh, I love sword singing. <laughs> Wait, that's a thing? Do you want me to show you? No. <laughs> Maybe another day. All kidding aside, are you really into all of these things? Yeah, I'm into life. <laughs> There's a lot of things in life, and I wish I could, like, clone myself and do all the things or not have to sleep or eat or do any or make money or do any of those things. It's super difficult to be like that, too, because, you know, of course, society wants us to just pick one thing and then work a soulless job for 40 years, pump out 2.5 kids, and wait to die. I know you've said that. You cannot live like that. I can't, and I won't. I, I'm just really not capable of it. It, it would kill me in such a way that I, I I can't even function. Speaking of your passions, one of your other ones is censorship. You've actually said that you wanted to explore your sexuality so you could experience censorship because freedom is so important to you. That is deep. I'm really a spiritual person, so... <laughs> It was my higher self's purpose and mission to experience freedom and explore freedom in this life. This sexual content, this sexual nude exploration put me on a path to experience censorship so that I could understand freedom so much more. Unless, like, you've been censored, you could never understand how awful it is to be censored. I'm an artist, like, I mean no harm to anybody. I'm not exploiting anyone. I'm not manipulating anyone. I'm not doing no funny, stupid shit. Like, I'm just presenting my work, which happens to include sexuality, and I get censored a lot. And that is alarming. Yeah. <laughs> and it's important to me to be like, yo, like, you think this isn't a big deal, but it is. Well, it seems like you definitely got your wish. Yeah, really. I mean, amongst other things, you've had two Twitter, yeah. two Instagram accounts suspended. You lost, like, 21,000 people on uh, Big O, was the site that you were on. Restrictions on YouTube and then, this is amazing to me, still, after all this time, is that in our so-called decentralized world of NFTs, your work has been banned on Rarible and other platforms. I came to blockchain and to NFTs to avoid censorship and to have more freedom. There was uh, Cryptonatrix. She's also an early adult NFT creator. And her one of her pieces, the Sistine Chapel of Smut, was like removed from Rarible. Sexual nude content was allowed on Rarible. Her piece, which was actually, she's completely clothed. And... And she's got a strap on, and so she's just, like, wearing, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, a tank top, like, waving her strap on around. We're going to show this, actually, now on our video version of uh, of the show, and hopefully we won't get banned. But, Chris, <laughs> why don't you describe this for our podcast audience? Um, do I have to? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, well, where do I start? Uh, what do you call it again when there's, like, a penis on a vagina? Fucking? No, on a vagina. Oh, oh a strap on. Right. Yeah, okay. So there's like two girls wearing underwear with giant, um, black. Uh, what? What color? 
black. You mean African American? <laughs> yeah, fine. Giant African American strap-ons. Okay. Yeah, well, that's better. Yes. Anyway, the girls are in sexy lingerie uh, in the Sistine Chapel. One of the girls is upside down, and like you know. It, also, I'm shocked the Vatican, you know, okayed this shoot. Is pretty pretty progressive of yeah. them. Chris, it's just the same girl. She's flipped upside down. Oh wait, so they can like sixty nine or Chris? Something. What? No. So, well, hey, you asked me to describe this, bro. Some would think this is blasphemous, probably, but I'd like to think that maybe God hates the Sistine Chapel, so he thinks wearing giant African-American strap-ons. <laughs> Hold on, I can't get it all out. <laughs> he probably thinks, like, girls in sexy lingerie wearing giant African strap-ons is an improvement. <laughs> that could be true. I love that you're smiling so hard you have to hold your face. <laughs> <laughs> so finish you were explaining about the actual piece uh, i mean i think you pretty much covered it i don't know i mean i think you pretty much got it i mean there's you know one upside down this way and then wait could you do that again it's really hard not to fall in love with her a little bit isn't it oh i'm smitten especially when she goes to the thing. that's that's Okay, so. so so when I saw this piece, giant dildo waving around this beautiful woman's body in the Sistine Chapel, was, and, and then knowing it was a band piece, it was like I had to have that. That was the most expensive NFT I've ever bought. And I think like in US dollars, it was like 1600 Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. That was all. I remember hitting the button and being like, am I really doing this? <laughs> this is like a month of living, you know, for me. I want this piece for historical values. Erotic art that was banned sure. on Rarible in the early days of NFTs. The second one we want to talk about is another piece that you own, uh, and it's called Up. Uh, I do not see an old guy with balloons, Bo. No, no. but it, it is a penis with balloons. Maybe that's why it's called up, Polly. Is it called up because it's a penis with balloons? Uh, yeah, it's like a parody, I guess. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, right in the pee hole. Jeez. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Again, Chris, can you please describe it for our podcast audience? God, I mean, well, it's kind of like the movie. What, Up? No, it's like the monoliths in 2001, A Space Odyssey. The only thing odd about that movie is it supposedly happened in the future 22 years ago. It's always been in the past for me, Bo. Oh, great, thanks. <laughs> that one was censored on Clubhouse. The creator, Decentralized Jen, her Clubhouse account got banned. So it was another censored NFT art. And, of course, I bought that one, too, which was, like, the second most expensive NFT. <laughs> Tea. You and penises, you just gotta have them, I guess. I love banned penises. Like, <laughs> who does? Oh, yeah, who doesn't? And finally, uh, vulva art, which I don't think was banned, but was yours. Chris, description? Well, Polly says, and I quote, female nude featuring my vagina. Ah, okay, so what does this one represent, Polly? My vagina. <laughs> You must have a really large vagina. What? What? Chris? What? I, I can see feet in the picture for perspective, so your vagina looks about like three feet long, you know? Just... Polly, why is your vagina so large on that? Is your vagina three feet long, really? My vagina is my whole torso. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You just you open up your shirt, and there is your vagina. Vagina. <laughs> You know what it's time for? Vagina. We can always make time for vagina. You know what I'm saying? No, it's time for NFT Jeopardy! Woo! 
have searched the top 100 collections on OpenSea over the last 30 days. We'll give you part of the description we found somewhere on the internet, and you tell us the project. Make sure your answer's in the form of a question. Are you ready, Pollyanni? I'm ready. I know you were a little nervous about coming up with these answers. We did our best to try to make them easy for you to, to get, okay? First question. You were in charge of new talent for this now defunct adult NFT marketplace. What is your relic safety? They're still existing. Do they? They rebranded and renamed it to Pleasure Coin. Soon they're going to be Pleasure Nifty. There's Pleasure Lee. It's a whole ecosystem of pleasure. Pleasure stuff. Very good. But you're one for one. Hey. One one. <laughs> Another one. Hopefully you'll get this one. Launched in 2017, this OG of all NFT OGs was one of the inspirations for the ERC721 standard. What is Spank Chain? Uh, okay, CryptoPunks. Oh, shit. Maybe that wasn't explanatory <laughs> enough. Okay. Number three. This is another popular one. You ready? I lose. <laughs> You're one for two. You're 500. That's still good. Okay. Negative 100. Yeah, right. Exactly. 100 you got, 200 you missed, so you're <laughs> negative 100. Okay. This token doubles as your very large seafaring vessel club membership card that gives you various benefits. Benefits like the graffiti board, the bathroom. What is Bordy? Yeah! Look at that. She figured it out. All right. All right. Here we go. This large collection of up to 20,000 tokens had a public mint, but was also created by exposing an existing very large seafaring vessel token to a vial of serum. Shit, mutant ones. Yeah! <laughs> what? Oh, what is mutant ones? Mutant Ape Yacht Club. Yeah. <laughs> Your final one. Here we go. So you're three for four. This first ever mission-driven NFT has raised $75,000 for Asian and African elephants, and they were our guests on our very first episode, and they're not very tame. Oh, man, I don't know the name. What is, I don't know. <laughs> but I looked it up. So let me help you, ready? Okay. They are not tame, and Wild. they help elephants. Wild elephants, wild... Not tame. <gasps> One would say untame. Untamed elephants? Yeah, there you go, untamed <laughs> elephants. Wow. Thank you for playing, Polly Annie. I know that back around 2020, you had this sort of epiphany that you needed to be true to yourself and you needed to create Pollyanni. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> it was kind of like a series of, you know, domino effect of things that happened. And one was I started to explore my sexuality. I started to explore polyamory. And then my car broke down. I didn't have really enough money to get one. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to 
create a new identity, a new persona, and I'm gonna, you know, take my art in the direction of uh, erotic art. I did a chatterbait show, which was like the, the, I guess the official like first day of Polly Annie. And I shaved my head uh, on oh live gosh. stream. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I kind of ran with it. I, I was like, I tried to be a cam model, but turns out I really suck at being a cam girl. <laughs> and so it, it kind of became a necessity to make art. Like I could make art nude, but like I couldn't be sexy. You know what I mean? For the sake of being sexy, that didn't work for me. Also, it was sort of like a sexual awakening for you, you were saying, as well as a creative one. You were actually pretty vanilla though, back in the day, right? Yeah. So what happened? <laughs> I don't know. It was like in my early 30s. And I don't know. I just was ready to try something else. I was just done with monogamous relationships, like one failed relationship, you know, after another. When I first heard somebody talk about polyamory, it made so much sense to me. I was like, of course you love and connect and have relationships with more than one person. Duh. Like, that's life. <laughs> like, that just seemed more natural to me, you know, and that that would eliminate a lot of challenges, you know, that kind of came out of the relationships I experienced anyways. So what am I even into? I didn't even know what my sexual preferences were. I didn't know what I liked or what I was into. Then it kind of became fun to me. It's like, wow, this is a whole area of myself that I've never even explored or considered. As an artist, uh, you know, for my whole life, it's like all I do is explore myself through my art. And it was huge, like, for me. You're even an adult content creator now. You have said that you're basically more of an exhibitionist, and denying yourself pleasure helps you with your art. Can you tell me about that? Definitely an exhibitionist and, a, and an adult content creator. I make my art. I, I'll do my masturbation videos. I'll do my nude painting. I just express myself in a genuine way, an authentic way. I like knowing that people are going to watch it and that they're going to enjoy it. But then I get super shy and I'm like, no, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I love knowing that people are going to watch this, but I'm absolutely terrified. Also, what I discovered was that there was a strong connection between my creativity and my sexuality. They're not separate from each other, which makes sense, right? Because really sexuality in one sense is, you know, for the purpose of procreation and creation, you know, and so really when you're tapping into your sexuality, you're tapping into this creative part of yourself. You know, it's sad because we're kind of taught in this country, you know, sex is bad and uh, don't enjoy sex and it's God forbid, especially if you're a woman, just the whole concept of, well, yeah, I, I don't want to do all that stuff that I've been told I had to do my whole life. I'm going to do what I want to do, right? Yeah, and I, I've always been kind of on team. I do what I want because I just like to do what I want to do. I don't think it's too much to ask. Um, when I was doing anything creative, whether it be playing music, making art, um, dancing, it made me like aroused. When I'm aroused, I feel creative. And so I really kind of dug into that and I'm like, ooh, there's really something here. Now I kind of like use that, you know, part of that energy, that part of myself to help me create better. What's interesting is you were saying that denying the orgasm or, you know, release, it makes it even better, right? I prefer to be horny than satisfied. Edging is a part of my creative process and I will prolong an orgasm or a satisfaction in that way once the release happens. 
happens, I personally feel empty. There's other times where I can actually orgasm and then trap the energy. The onk symbol um, is actually a representation of how you can trap that sexual energy and cycle it back into the body. So most people are seeking the sexual satisfaction and I'm out here just seeking arousal but with uh, withholding you know the satisfaction because it, it makes me more energized and just create better shit. Yeah, and you know, that's really good news for you, Chris, since you're really not that good at making girls. Creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, creative. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I got to tell you, this whole conversation is making me feel pretty creative right about now. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So you went and you were saying about doing art on Chatterbait actually has now led to your somewhat legendary painting performance art that you do for <laughs> thousands of people at the Exotica Expos all around the country. Exotica actually reached out to me. They're like, hey, during the COVID times, we're doing this um, live stream thing. And would you like to, to do something on there? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I want to try this like live painting thing on stage. I've never done this before, but like I, I could kind of see potential. It just ended up being really fucking fun and really cool and kind of a culmination of like all like most of the other art forms and mediums that I have learned and practiced you know through my life kind of all came together it's amazing people go nuts it's like you're you're so into it and it is perfect for you because it's so real and it's really just you you could tell that you're just letting it out and it's going onto the canvas and it's almost like you're a whole different person when I watch you do it i actually black out doesn't surprise me when i perform i the moment i get on stage i just go into no mind so it is like the most me <laughs> like yeah. it is me being me i live for that shit <laughs> <laughs> almost like a meditation right i'll have like bits and pieces like flashes of memory of it and sometimes even when i watch the videos i'm like oh my god that's me i'm such a weirdo because <laughs> i watch it and i feel like i'm also in the audience which is kind of a cool thing about the art that i do because i feel like i get to be the creator and also the observer so you got into nfts i also had a mentor during that time who was nudging me here's some crypto like i really think you should get into this <laughs> and so i i did and my whole world exploded you know and it was eat sleep breathe you know nfts and my first nft collection that i released was uh i sold i i think i sold them out and within 24 hours i was just shocked and surprised and then my whole first year of nfts was super successful i think i sold over 300 bought over 200. What a lot of people don't know about you is how crazy generous you are because you actually gave 70% of your profits back to other artists by buying their work. That was probably 20 to 30 grand you spent on other artists. That's crazy. I mean, you didn't have that much money yourself. No, it was a weird time. It was like more money than I had ever seen in my life. Part of it was just, I have a generous nature, you know, grew up in poverty. And of course I'm going to support everyone. I'm going to buy all this stuff and help everyone I can. I would do it again. I don't know if I would do it again to that extent. <laughs> Keep it under control. Cause this last year, I sure, sure wish I had that. I could have lived a whole year off of uh, what I gave away and said, I struggled through a whole year if artists aren't supporting other artists what the fuck are we doing mm -hmm. let's face it not everybody feels the way you do it's interesting because you have a real passion about 
income inequality. Yeah, being poor sucks. Uh, mm. <laughs> and so I feel for people, anybody, uh, especially artists, I know how hard it is. There's a reason starving artist, you know, is a term. I, I don't think anybody should be without money. It's fucking absurd, honestly. Like, there is enough money for everybody. Nobody should be without anything. It's, it's fucking silly. And I'm still, even to this day, I'll scroll on Twitter and if I see a random person asking for help, if I have 20 bucks, I'll send them five or 10. We don't need more government regulations. We don't need people telling us how much we can have or how much we can give or controlling that. Like, just people being fucking decent. And I'm going to live that. If I can help somebody, I will because I know how it feels to feel like you can't breathe. Saint Polly. <laughs> Polly for president. No, I don't wish that. I know. I don't wish that on you. No, 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 no. no. Just make Polly rich so I can help all the people. I know, right? Seriously. It's so hard with all these sociopaths. Like, if I won the lottery, like, one of the first things I think about is I couldn't wait to give people money and, like, make everybody happy. And But, you know, I guess we're just dreamers, Polly. <laughs> so you said back then you had to max out, like, five credit cards. My first year as Polly Annie was just really a struggle. I did take out five credit cards. I tried to get a loan. Um, but I just felt this, like I had to keep going and keep doing this. And then I found NFTs and then like that just changed the game. I finally started making real money. You know, I had a five credit card bender in Vegas with Carrot Top and Pauly Shore back in the nineties. What? How did you get, wait, how did you get credit cards when you were like 12? Well, Pauly Shore was friends with my Scoutmaster. Okay. Yeah, and my Scoutmaster was friends with Michael Jackson. That uh, makes sense. And then we just magically had credit cards and Jesus juice. <sighs> lots and lots of Jesus juice. Jesus. Juice. I really don't remember too much after that juice, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't surprise me. I want Jesus. <laughs> Good old Jesus juice. <laughs> Sounds really perverse in a biblical way. I like oh, it. Yeah. This is probably totally unexpected, but it's perfect for our show. We need to have you explain here about your deep interest in what's called currency design. Currency design is abstract as fuck to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> currency is a flow, a flow of not just money. A flow of information, of energy, of resources, of giving, of generosity, of helping, of attention, right? There's all kinds of different ways that we give in exchange to each other. And so far, we've kind of narrowed down currency to be just money, and we've narrowed down our interactions to be transactional. And they don't have to be transactional. So uh, currency design is, uh, I kind of nerd out on that. Different ways um, of making these flows visible, the ways that we exchange uh, with one another. So like college degrees are a form of currency. Reward systems, badge systems, um, different kinds of apps, like uh, language apps, like Duolingo has different like uh, currencies within it, you know, that do really well reputation currencies. When we look at currencies as being more more than money, we take the burden off of money for being the only currency. And that is kind of like the difference between monogamy and polyamory. You like, you take the burden of having to be everything to everyone <laughs> or to one person and kind of spread that out and take into account that like different things still have value, different relationships still have value. There's more value to give than just money. Preach, sister. 
Hey, this is a good time for us to plug. You're actually going to be releasing your first NFT collection in over a year. Ah. Yeah, called Polly in a Painting. Yes. So I'm going to release a first NFT collection in a year. I took they, I took a hiatus the whole last year. And so the next collection is going to be called Polly in a Painting. And it's going to be like this painting here, <laughs> which I started at Exotica, New Jersey. It's a journey into that painting. So you're going to see me, my naked self in that painting oh no <laughs> yeah i go into the painting <laughs> <laughs> so finally you can learn a lot about someone by finding out what makes them laugh so here are a few comedy questions so everyone can get to know you a little better polly who are some of your favorite comedian or comedians George Carlin. I knew I loved you. My teenagers, I liked Bill Higgs. I love you so hard. You have no idea. <laughs> Look at this. Look, do you see this? Who's Is that? that Bill Hicks? That's yeah. Bill fucking Hicks right there. <laughs> <laughs> when I traveled the country, I listened to a lot of Bill Hicks. <laughs> Carlin's the goat, and uh, Bill is right behind them in my mind. Remember the one from Bill Hicks about life being like a roller coaster ride mm -hmm. and it being like up and down among people? You know, it's like, and then we have people who come and they're like, hey, it's just, just a ride, and then we kill those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his most famous thing. It's just a ride. All right, so what yeah. are some of your favorite? either comedy movies, TV programs, cartoons, anything from when maybe you were younger. As I got older, comedy kind of got a little bit weird for me, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I started to not really, like, understand um, comedy shows. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't understand us at all, is it? No, no, I guess I do understand you guys, though. I, I feel like I followed it. <laughs> I, I think you did, too, but you know what that means, then? That just means we're not fucking funny. That Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she gets it. It's not funny. Yeah. Is there a movie like when you were younger that you knew every line? Oh, Austin Powers. When when I was a teenager, I only had three DVDs or four DVDs, and it was all the Austin Powers movies. It's ingrained in my subconscious. All right, who's the funniest person in the NFT world? You. There you. Well, that's it. Well, we're, we're getting well, married. Well, that's it. We're getting. <laughs> my wife will have to understand that we're getting married. What's the funniest thing you ever seen in an NFT? Event. Yeah, NFT NYC was a crazy time. So I was trying to go and find a place where I could deal with my extreme social anxiety. And I got like wrangled in with this friend um, that I didn't know at the time. And he was like, I'm having a really hard time. And I'm like, I'm having a really hard time too, man. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to go find a bar so I could have a beer and just get away from here. And he's like, can you help me? And I was like, all right, fine. Come on, buddy system. Let's go. I'm going to help you get to where you need to go, you know, and then I'm going to go find my beer. Well, knowing the level of anxiety you have sometimes, uh, <laughs> that probably was horrific, but funny, you know. It was like two toddlers walking around <laughs> Times Square. Well, I hope we see you this year at NFT NYC. I hope so. I'm going to apply. Good. I, I'm actually speaking. Are you? Going to be speaking on comedy in the NFT world. Finally, we like to end all comedians talk to shows with the following. Tell us a joke. This was the best day, part of my day. <laughs> all right. So what's the difference between poverty and your wife? <laughs> Um, no idea. Wait, no difference, actually, because that's what makes me poor. No, I'm only kidding. She's amazing, actually. She's a dollar store honey, so I'm in good shape. But no, I don't know. What is the difference between 
poverty and my wife. Poverty sucks. So do I. We want to thank the amazing, the fabulous, one of my favorite people. It's so cool doing the show because the first couple of shows we're doing are some of my favorite people in this world. So thank you to the amazing Polly Annie. You can find her at my.bio slash pollyannie01. Anything else you need to plug? Yeah, I would just actually like to plug a couple of other people. My girl, Livex Gem, she's uh, just started a magazine called Blockchain for Web3 uh, adult creators. Uh, she also has a podcast, like Dick's Dating in Web3. What I like to say is go to the bio, this uh, my.bio slash pollyanni01, and find her Patreon. Pollyanni, as you've heard, is this wonderful, sweet person, and she's not the best at monetizing herself, you know, and because, as you hear, she's just filled with creativity and love, and you need to support her, and that's how she'd rather do it. She would rather do it by being supported with people giving her what they want. Just go to the my.bio slash Pollyanni01, and you'll get the link to Patreon. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Thank you. All right. We are blazo.com slash links. You can find us. Uh, make sure you go on there and follow us somewhere so uh, you'll know when we drop this show. And remember, the way we do this podcast, which is you might be listening to it now, we do an audio podcast and we do clips on Twitter and YouTube and TikTok. And the only place, though, if you're not getting it there, you can go and actually get the NFT version. That's the only place you can actually get a video is this is going to be an NFT. And what's even better is it's free. It's a free NFT. So go to blazo.com slash links and it'll tell you where you can get this free NFT. Today's episode is sponsored by Riverside, where you can easily record podcasts and videos in beautiful 4K right from your browser or mobile app. Check out Riverside and support us at the same time. Visit our special link, blazo.art slash Riverside. You know, in the past, we used to use Zoom, but that's really meeting software, right, Chris? Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, I was yawning. <laughs> Here at Blazo, we made the switch to Riverside. And for podcasts, it blows Zoom away. There's a reason why I give you the blow comment. I, I figured as yeah. much. Yeah. You know, the secret is everything is recorded locally and uploaded continuously. So, like, if you have a bad connection or your computer even crashes, it doesn't affect you at all. Oh, well, well, let's say hypothetically somebody breaks into my house, smashes up my computer in yeah. the middle of a Riverside podcast interview. I'll still have all my footage? Um, not if you hadn't done it yet. Oh. Oh. No, what I'm saying, what I, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> what I'm saying is, when you use Zoom, you are going straight up to the cloud and recording. That means that if you have a slow connection or you get dropouts, which people do all the time, it's going to be on the final product. But 
But for Riverside, it is not on the final product because it's recording locally on your computer and then slowly uploading it to the cloud. There's one extra step, meaning there's never any dropout due to the internet. Oh, wow. That sounds so handy and delightful. It's handy and dandy, Chris. Oh, dandy handy. You know, there's a reason why you'll see people like Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee, Michelle Obama, Tim Cook, and many more using Riverside. How about you, Chris? Do you know any famous people who use Riverside? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any famous people bragging about their uh, podcast. I thing. do. Tim Ferriss, Gary V. Okay. okay. Anyway, you know what, Chris? If you want to start a podcast on your own, go rope. Okay. You can even get started for free. Oh, my God. Really? Zero dollars. Oh, wow. If you want to check out Riverside and help support us at the same time, visit our special link. That means we get money, right? Yes, Chris. But uh, that's why we said that uh, it supports us as well. Oh, uh, okay. This is how simple life can be. If you like our podcast or anything that we do, if you like the way Chris's face looks, you may need at some point software to do your podcast. And all you have to do is click on our link at blazo.art slash riverside. That's blazo.art slash riverside. 